What would you say if I told you that an Imperial Stormtrooper once made an appearance on a World Championship Wrestling pay-per-view? Well, that's exactly what happened, and we're here to tell you all about it. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. Hey everyone, and welcome to Behind the Gorilla. This is episode two, The Shockmaster. Oh boy. I know, and this was this was Harris's get this week. I'm feeling the pressure. Yep, so uh, that's going to be the main show, but we're going to start it off with our opening segment. We're now going to call it Pop and Flop. Basically, one thing that made you pop this week, and one thing that was a well, big old flop. It was basically Just... Ric Flair falling in the middle of the ring. Okay, but that was done well. I know. That was you know, a good that's thing. a hard one to think of, but maybe we'll talk about a big flop later on. Who knows? You know, yeah, that maybe. Might, that might be a topic this week. I don't know. Foreshadowing. So, Mark, what was your pop this week? What really? Pop. What did they do well? And keep in mind, this is a long list, I feel like. There's a lot of stuff they did well this week. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of good stuff. Having the champ actually on SmackDown was good yeah. for once. Okay. Um, uh, but... I guess the biggest problem was the, flat, the fact that Raw was like 75% wrestling for the first time in yes, forever. absolutely. I knew um, you were going to say that. Just, I mean, that gauntlet match was really, it was well done. Um, obviously, the Rollins thread was incredibly entertaining and really, really strong. And I really enjoyed seeing him do that. was disappointed they had him go out. I was really kind of hoping he'd go the whole way. Yeah. Or at least be the last one eliminated, you know, right. pinned or no, something. I know what you mean. I, I do feel like... After the match with Cena, I, I thought he was going to lose that one. Yeah. And after beating that, like, you're really pushing the limits of all, I guess, credibility. Like, we know, you know, there's a well, lot of stuff in wrestling that isn't believable, but... Well, the problem with that is it's like, he he did such a good job of selling and making it seem like he was dead and everything. And mm-hmm. to me, that was kind of silly. Okay. So I'm like, okay, yeah, you're in your second match and they're, re- and they're long and you've been in there, like, over an hour or whatever, but it's like... I mean, people for years have had matches that are an hour, That's 45 true. minutes. Like, it's not... Like, he was acting like he was, like had just been in the desert for right. three days like without nobody water. nobody had ever done it before. Yeah, and so... they have, just not on Raw in the last, you know... Yeah, I mean, and, and he was in there even longer than that. I mean, it was like pushing an hour and a half, I think, yeah, like, or something. It was... Um, yeah, something or, like that. Well, whatever he I was. I think it was a little over an hour. Yeah. Yeah, he, his was like a little over an hour, but... So I kind of thought it was a little bit of overkill with the mm-hmm. the selling, but I still enjoyed it, and, and it made you like it made you root for him. It made you really yeah. pulling for it, and you and it made it seem He's impressive. Over. Monday Night Rollins, absolutely, mm-hmm. it was great. No, it was awesome, and I I really didn't think he was gonna win. I was shocked he beat Roman, obviously. Yeah, yeah. but Cena too. Even you know Cena's going to the well, and I think he hit him with the Avalanche AA at one point. At the egg which did. he's been yeah. using as like his new finisher for the last right. few months because yeah. you know Cena's Cena's old he doesn't quite have it anymore he's right. he's fallen off that uh, fireman's carry that he's been using as a finish for the past what 13 15 years it uh it's starting to lose its power I it guess is. even though I thought it never had any power but that's a different well it's topic. like we talked about last week with the Bailey to belly it's, yeah that's terrible if too. anyone else did it it wouldn't it wouldn't hurt that much but it's Cena does it that's why it's his finisher you know he just does it apparently that much better than anyone else 
but yeah, that was just it, it was it was great to see so many segment like it was just all wrestling for the first like half of Raw, and I I yeah. really enjoyed that. Now now coming to the flop is also the gauntlet match. Really? Because okay, I swear there were three times the amount of commercial breaks than there are on a <laughs> yeah. normal Raw. I saw you talking about this. It was insane. I swear it would be like three minutes of wrestling and then six minutes of commercials. Like each match had like nine commercial mm-hmm. breaks. Like it was, I don't know. Gonna make it work. May, maybe I, it just seemed like it was shorter because we were watching wrestling, but right. it seemed like there were so many commercials. It was annoying. Yeah. Um, I thought that they could have done a little better. I think Rollins should have been in it longer. And ultimately, the biggest problem with it was why. Why? Why'd it happen? Why? Who? Momentum. Why did it happen? Gotta, Why did the people kill themselves for this? Why in. is Rollins killing yeah. himself for like none of it made sense? It doesn't unless and it could have that this should have been what? for the last so, spot in the in the elimination chamber. Like Why the last spot coming this? in. Oh, but they already used it, right? right. They already used but that stipulation. Why could that not have been? This? Yeah, no. That oh, makes imagine a lot of if sense. there was stakes with that. It would That's have been true. Amazing. Yeah. I, you know, I think it works in that classic old school wrestling says like it's just it's it's all about pride you know and it was the seth rollins show i mean that right. was yeah, yeah his story sure. everything beyond that it was just kind of oh let's see what these people can do and i had trouble know, remembering how it played out after he was eliminated right. i was like wait a minute everyone okay so then a that was Elias you, eliminated you know, by took Ballard, a breath. and i had to remember everything no i know what you mean i mean that's all i, I i'm thinking about it just from his perspective he's you know he's that much more over now last week he wasn't even in the oh, chamber for, sure. for him it was great yeah. that spot yeah and that's shy of that you're right it didn't really serve any purpose but i do like that like you said it was actual wrestling i just yeah. love that they break up the monotony of we're gonna have the opening promo somebody's gonna come out we're gonna have a match that might or might not happen maybe it's the main event and then we just kind of go back and forth from there and i don't know if there actually were more commercial breaks, or like you said, it just feels like it because we're only watching action right? constantly. It did feel like they cut to that a lot. But the other thing I really liked, anything that makes it feel more like, you know, a shoot sport is a lot of fun to me. And oh, I love yeah, that they, yeah, would, yeah, yeah, they yeah. would cut to interviews of whoever had just lost, like on their way out, and they would talk about, you know, John Cena says, oh, golly gee, I just... I don't know if I can make it to WrestleMania this year. I better win next week, which <laughs> five years ago we all would have said, oh, maybe he'll turn heel and win. He's not going to turn heel no. and win. Best case scenario, best worst case scenario, you know, is Undertaker gets involved somehow. But I think this this is coming out after Elimination Chamber, so just laugh at our ignorance. That's, that is true. That's Unfortunately, fine. this will Elimination Chamber will be happening this weekend. So, yeah. I was... I, I'm glad you actually pointed out that the gauntlet match was sort of your flop too because i figured we would both have that as our pop i mean that was the coolest thing i yeah. saw all week but mine is actually a little bit more just big picture it's seth rollins story in the gauntlet match in terms of this is wwe at their best when they're just improvising a storyline because a few weeks ago he was beaded to fight jason jordan at wrestlemania right i mean i think we all kind of knew where that was heading I thought that would have been a lot of fun. I think Seth can have a good match with him. He's super athletic and, you know, kind of young up-and-comer. It would have been a good moment for him because he's just phenomenally talented. But it's not a good moment for Seth Rollins. Well, that's anyway, a significant step down but that's, from Seth You Rollins. know, that's kind of what I'm saying is he goes down with an injury and they immediately say, well, okay, what? 
now what are we going to do? That was actually kind of a talking point Seth had. He's like, I don't have a match in the Elimination Chamber anymore. It probably would have been their blow-off, I, I don't know, or their breakup yeah, or something. Uh, yeah, probably. But then, you know, he makes that part of the story. People are saying Seth Rollins now has nothing to do at WrestleMania, and they work that into his story. And it's not it's not quite as much of a grassroots thing as someone like Daniel Bryan had with the same story, which is I right. don't have a match at WrestleMania. You guys have been holding me down. I deserve a shot. I don't think Seth Rollins is going to get a title shot at WrestleMania, although I think that would be a great spot for him. Royal Rumble to WrestleMania is the best time to be a wrestling fan because they have a very clear end goal in mind and they are actually telling like real stories that have a beginning, middle, and end. Well, usually they are. Not Not always well. Usually they are. I mean, and you can argue like we don't know the matches right now, but we can probably look back on this time next year and say, okay, well, they were telegraphing. There's definitely a handful of telegraphing. Maybe see. Like I said, like Ronda Rousey, she comes down and they have her shake hands with Asuka, get denied, but interaction. Look at Charlotte, look at Alexa, go down to the table and shake hands with Stephanie and walk out. They don't know what she, they might know by now what she's doing, but well, that's yeah, absolutely cause, them like. Because they've seen Elimination Chambers already happened. Yeah, well, and they're so, right, exactly. Isn't that of course, cool what Ronnie's doing? Can't believe that Ronnie's crazy doing? thing happened last night, you guys. <laughs> but, you know, that's them covering their bases so they can say the seeds are there. I don't know if that'll turn into good WrestleMania matches or not, but. There's something to be said for WWE when their back's against the wall and they have to just make it work. Like, I think about Seth Rollins destroying his knee when he was champion in that house show match against Kane. Right. They had to, it was all hands on deck. Like, all right, we got we to gotta do something. And the next pay-per-view, instead of being another Roman Reigns coronation, well, it was, but it ended up it being was. a tournament, you know? And it was, it was a fun story going into that. Like, I think WWE is at their best. When their back is against the wall a little bit. Sometimes, yeah. They definitely have... It doesn't happen do, a lot anymore. They like, do a good job when it does happen. Their handicaps have to be self-imposed now, which is why they don't happen very often. You know, it's people going down with injuries and things like that. But right. I think my flop would just have to be, again, entering WrestleMania season and that crazy number one contenders match that just happened in the Elimination Chamber. I just hate that the long-term booking involves Brock Lesnar holding on to the title forever. I hate that the day after WrestleMania last year, you could go online and see, oh, well, they say it's going to be Lesnar reigns at WrestleMania next year. Mm-hmm. And you thought, oh, man, yeah, that is what they're going to do. Like, I don't I don't read the rumors in the dirt sheets all the time because to me there's something a lot more fun about kind of the way we do this show. Like, if you don't know what's coming, right? it's a lot more easy to get sucked into the story, you know, and just have fun with it. It's true. And that's something... I. I wish, you know, it was easier for me to avoid stuff like that. Because the fact that, like, he's had some he's had some really good matches this year. Brock yeah, Lesnar has. has. Like the, There's been some. Samoa Joe at Great Balls of Fire, right? Mm-hmm. A lot Very of fun. Very good match. The Fatal 4-Way at SummerSlam, a lot of fun. Yeah. Who else did he defend it against? I can't believe I'm blanking on uh, The one with Strowman and then the... Yes, the one-on-one with Braun Strowman. That was terrible. It wasn't great. And but then I think the only one that was Any Royal one of those Rumble. would have been a lot more fun. You know, when the champion shows up and... I think Brock Lesnar had a lot more momentum right after he beat The Undertaker, right after he crushed John Cena at SummerSlam right. that next summer. And it was, wow, who's going to be the one to finally beat him? And now it's been so long. He's so rarely on the show, and we kind of forget what a big deal he is. It it just it won't even matter when he loses anymore, which sucks, because there was a point where 
Roman Reigns, if he had been over enough to like get a clean win, but anyone beating Brock Lesnar clean would have been huge. Yeah. And it would have been like well, a star making performance. Well, and at it this was. Point, they did it with Goldberg. And the, at Survivor Series that's last true. year. That's true. That's true. And that but then was they, one of the greatest moments I've ever true. seen in my that's life. True. Regardless of how oh, smart or the, or the, I had the, so much fun the wrestling that. fans, or the purest wrestling fans, I don't it was care. Incredible. I don't care. Absolutely I, I'm about incredible. as pure of a wrestling fan as there is, but I am a massive, massive Goldberg fan. Oh my gosh, you have no idea. Because I, when something happens that you never see coming in a billion years, and it's something not really, I mean, maybe for some nobody people, saw maybe that for some people it's stupid. Because sometimes it's stupid, and you're like, okay, I didn't see that coming because it, it was sucks. so because it was so dumb. I never thought, yeah, of it. yeah. But this was something where it was like, I would just never think WWE would do that, yeah, ever. And that was and, so and great did. about it. Everyone was <sighs> like. Every, nobody could tell. Everyone was like, I, "That that might be the dumbest thing that I've ever seen." But I, I think I it never was amazing. Thought that for one I was just, second while I was watching. So even it. like that moment was amazing. And then they have Lesnar beat him right back well, at WrestleMania. Was, yeah, I to mean, get the title back. Like, that was later, a great yeah. moment. And then the momentum shifts right back to Lesnar, and it's it's a little bit right. diluted now. And that was a great moment. I'm not taking mm-hmm. away from that, but. There was a time where I would have said, oh, man, whoever beats Brock Lesnar, like, it's going to matter. It's going right. to be a huge That's deal. That's what they were going and for. And at this but point they where it we on are now, it's, I just, I'm excited to see Roman Reigns beat him so that we can move on. Yeah, I definitely agree with the moving That's, on part. For you sure. know, just let I'm sick of, something I'm else I'm sick of happen. Lesnar for sure. And I like Roman Reigns a lot, but if we keep trying to tell this Conquering Heroes story, again, this is assuming that he didn't just kill everyone with a chair at the elimination chamber and like flat out turn heel or something else. It, right. I think he's a good character and what they have now works as a character, but they need to, they need to find some other story for him to be in. Even if it's just sending him to SmackDown and having him chase that title for a while. Yeah. I think time away is the best thing you can do. Like, honestly, if he got hurt, I don't think it would be the worst thing for his booking. Just to yeah. come back in six months, it would be a hurt. huge deal. And, what I think they need to do with with Reigns is they need to not be stuck in this dominant character thing. Like it ne- he needs to be able to lose because mm. that really hurts characters. And Triple H is one who is really good <laughs> at doing that. Now he he a lot of times he wouldn't put people, but he lost a lot when he was on top. He would like he's the one who tapped to Benoit in WrestleMania twenty like. Nope. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, like Triple H could lose the mm. title. He he could and mm-hmm. he did. And, and but but yeah, I mean, but he was still he was never dominant. He was never he was still a huge star, mm-hmm. but he was able to lose. Mm-hmm. Um Cena, I mean, Cena hasn't done it as much because they've been it's diff it's a little different and I think right. I think now he's a lot more like that than he used to be and I yeah. think it's better for him. I think it's but anyway. they, I don't like that. Like mm-hmm. every time Roman's in a match, you're like, "Oh, he's gonna win." And then, then like when the Miz wins the title, it's like, "Okay, that's cool." But it's just so he didn't have the title anymore, right? So it's like, there's it's never hard. these moments where he yeah. just loses. And it's hard for us sense. to zoom out, or it's hard for us to just take the story at face value at this point. Because again, like I, oh yeah, well I read last April that he's gonna be in the title match at WrestleMania. So like, oh, of course that would happen. Like it, it just sucks when their storytelling 
their long-term storytelling, like, we knock them all the time for not having any. Right. I feel like they have one long-term story. Yeah, Roman. And I feel like that's kind of to the Make detriment of the company. And their be- the best thing they do is when, again, Daniel Bryan is the best example of this. Like, they have a plan, and they look themselves in the mirror, and they say, wait, this isn't working. We're going to have to change it. We're going to have to do it right now. Mm-hmm. And I think... They don't do that enough. The, one of the reasons... Yes, they don't do that enough, and... Sometimes it works and sometimes I really doesn't, which I want to use as the opportunity to segue into my topic this week, if that's <laughs> cool. So we can come back if you want to just take a break real quick. Yeah, that'll do it for our quote-unquote current events segment, even though it's slightly It's a behind. bit of a ramble. But, uh, and, yeah, we're not a rambling. recap show. We're not really trying right. to be. We just discuss our thoughts, pretty much. Yeah. And sometimes our thoughts are long and detailed. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes. All right. But anyway, we're going to we're gonna take a short break. When we come back, it will be the actual show, one of the biggest debacles in the history of professional wrestling, coming up right after this. We're back here. Oh, okay. On Behind the Gorilla, episode two. And this topic was Harris's pick. Oh, boy. And so, Harris, why don't we get right into it? I'm super excited here. So the topic that I'm bringing this week involves a War Games match. And it was funny to me watching it because I I literally thought, oh, I, I see what Mark was talking about now because... The way this match is structured, it's meant to be... It's kind of like Hell in a Cell in the sense yeah. that there is no escape, right? And the basic premise of a War Games match is... That in, in this particular pay-per-view, they call it War Games The Match Beyond. I don't know if they do that for all the War Games no, matches. No, no, not all. That's a new spin. Okay. So the idea is, you know, I'm sure you know this. A lot of people listening probably know this. But this is new for me. One person goes in from each team. They flip a coin... Whoever wins at a predetermined interval, you know, it's like the Royal Rumble, two minutes, five minutes, whatever you want it to be. They get the advantage. They get the advantage, and one man comes in. So they have a two-to-one advantage for the next two minutes. And then the guy from the other team comes in. So now it's two-on-two. And they keep doing that until all four members of all the teams have entered the match, have entered the war games, and then the actual match starts. And at that point, you can have pinfalls, submissions, whatever you want to happen, happen. But the point... And the reason they call it war games is because you literally just beat the tar out of each other in the meantime. Because there's no pins. There's no pins. There's nothing you can do. And it's so it's it's a really intense stipulation. And I get, I I think I like it a little bit better than Hell in a Cell in theory because you have that shifting tide of momentum. It's like a little bit of Survivor Series in your team matches, and a little bit of Hell in a Cell, right? that you know you're trapped it's all about punishing your opponent nobody gets in nobody gets out that sort of thing but this particular pay-per-view and this particular war games wcw made the choice of bringing in a, a new wrestler to phil sting's team and there's a world in which I, I i like to preface this by saying there's a world in which all of this makes perfect sense objectively so you have it isn't the Monday Night Wars like we really know them looking back on it, but at this point, it's early 1990s, 1993 to be exact, and WCW will go poach somebody from the WWF occasionally. So, you know, they bring in talent. That was kind of their MO for a long time. So you have a big match coming up. You have sort of a mid-level guy from WWF who 
didn't like where he was. You you hire him, bring him in, and he comes in with a little bit more momentum, little bit more momentum, and you use that and you know try to you know generate a little bit of business for yourself. And you have a big war games match planned with you know Sting, the face of your company, and Sid Vicious, a big nasty heel, and Vader, about as iconic as Hold it on. gets. Real quick, yeah. Who is better talking, Sid Vicious or Scott Steiner? Oh man. You talk about a great, oh, a great comparison. See, and I, I have some choice words for Sid Vicious when I talk about this, but honestly, I, I, I love it, and I think he <laughs> makes this whole thing. He just takes it to the next level, and I. It's like Warrior, but not as good. It's like Warrior, <laughs> but less, less energy. I guess, yeah. He has, dude. He has a lot of. He has too yeah, much energy. That's kind of his problem. True. It's he, yeah, he's got this like he's got a little bit of, like I told you I've talked about it's this like before. he's slightly off Jim Ross is a great wrestling commentator because wrestling just sounds better when it's southern it does and he's got just this Tony little Schiavone, bit Jim of southern Ross, twang in him guys. Sid Vicious that makes you say wow this is an actual crazy person <laughs> so but you got you know you've got this murderer's row of heels going up against your hero Sting and Davy Boy Smith and then you know who who are we going to bring in as the fourth member of the team. Who else was on the team? Who else was on the team? How am I forgetting this? Flair? Dustin Rhodes, actually. Wasn't Ric Flair on the team, too? Ric Flair wasn't on the team. Ric Flair is, um... He's champion at this point. Okay. He's also it's, talk show host. This is all... That's why. This all, happened, was a, okay. this all happens on his watch. And we'll we'll go that's into the clip in a little bit of detail in just a minute. But, yeah, it's Dustin Rhodes. This is the other, the other tag we have to last week. Right. Dusty Rhodes, you know, and... At this point, he's not gold dust. He's not in the face paint. He's just himself. You Dustin know? Rhodes was a good character. Yeah, too. it was cool. You know, it worked. So you have a really good setup here, and you're going into the fall brawl pay per view, which is you know it's not Starcade, but it's a there weren't as many pay per views back then. It was a yeah. pretty big deal to have this going on. And it was in the fall. War Games, your iconic you know Dusty Rhodes invention to end the show, right? So you're going to bring in this new talent. He's going to be the hot new baby face, and he's going to help Sting and Dustin Rhodes. And Davy Boy Smith to victory, right? I love this setup. It works. You know, there's a world in which you say, okay, all of that makes sense, okay? Now we're going to leave that world. We're going to step into a world where nothing makes sense. Every choice went in the wrong direction. Every decision (laughs) went in the wrong direction. And it's just, it's one of the best things to ever happen in wrestling in the worst possible way. In fact, there's an article on WWE.com that I'm paraphrasing, but they literally say the Shockmaster's debut was possibly the greatest in the history of sports entertainment, albeit for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> Should we uh, show him the clip? Yeah, go ahead and go ahead and play that. Who their special tag team partner is, brother? You, you better cool down. No, you yeah, shut yeah. up! I'll cool down when I want to, Sting. It seems to me if you was as smart. As you act like you are, you wouldn't have waited this close to war games to tell everybody who your partner is. Well, do you want me to tell you what I'm talking? No, you shut up what I'm talking. What I did? What I did? Who my secret partner is? Come on, baby. 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 Come on, it's going to be... All I have to say is... All I have to say is... Our partner is going to shock the world because 
He is none other than the Shaq Master! Right. The Shaq Master! <laughs> I told you. Oh, guys. I don't care who you are, boy. I don't give a damn who you are. You're going to have us. You're going to have Ben Vader. And we're going to be breathing through your neck. So you're the man that rules the world. They call me the Shockmaster. You've ruled the world long enough, Sid Vicious. Get ready. Come on, you want a piece of me? You want a piece of me? Come and get me. Come after me, Sid. I'm ready. Along with Davy Boy, Sting, and Dusty Rhodes, we'll see you at the Fall Brawl at the War Games. Until then. <laughs> So, odds are, that's one of the first it's, it's things. It's the best thing ever. You've all, you, you, mo you, most of you know what we're talking about. And if you don't. Well, now you do. And pretend that you haven't for a second. And let's just break this down moment by moment. So, set the scene. Ric Flair is hosting his talk show. A flair for the gold. You know, classic wrestling move. Give them a talk show with a pun on their name or a pun on their gimmick. And it's just an excuse for chaos. Like, nothing good yeah. has ever happened. No, it's like a, a contract signing. Nobody's ever said... Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that, that's what it is. It's a contract signing. They're come, it's like, oh, what's going to happen at the contract signing? Well, they're going to come out. They're going to yell at each other. They're going to sign this paper. Physical. And then they're going to jump over the table. That's like right. that, That's what going to what's gonna happen. No episode of a wrestling talk show has ever gone like an episode of 60 Minutes. You There's know? no episode where someone's not going to get punched. That's correct. Or, you or know, their head thrown through the Jerktron. Something gets smashed, let's put it that way. So Ric Flair is here point. to play the mediator between these two teams, right? Oh gosh, Ric Flair is a mediator. Yeah, we're already off to a good start, right? <laughs> He's got his own great feud going on at this point with Rick Rude that I don't have time to go into, but I watched a lot of it researching this. It's a lot of fun. But at this point, he is literally the mediator. He is the impartial observer to this chaos. And Sid Vicious and his team have come to confront Sting and his friends. And Sid Vicious is just screaming incoherently. I'm not going to try to tell you what he said because it doesn't really matter, quite <laughs> frankly. It normally doesn't. And, and we and don't know. One of the articles I read about this described it as a bunch of eight-year-olds trying to put on a play, which I think is pretty <laughs> accurate. And you might, if you've seen the clip, you know what I'm talking about. Like, uh. he's shouting, he's shouting, he's shouting. Davey Boy oh, Smith is trying to shout over him to try and get his lines out. Sting is shouting behind him, trying to be heard over Sid Vicious. Sting's not even in frame when you go watch the video. He's behind <laughs> Davey Boy Smith. It's not a well-put-together segment anyway. No, no, it's not. But Davey Boy Smith says something along the lines of, Sting, tell the people who our mystery partner is gonna be. And Sting says, well... All I can say is that our partner is going to shock the world. Great line. Our partner is none other than the shock master. Terrible line. Wonderful. <laughs> Actually, 
And at this point, the pyro goes off. There's smoke, there's fire, there's a big pop. R.I.P. pyro. Huge, oh man, huge deal, right? And again, this this could all still, you know, this could work. In even, even some with the line, reality. Even with the line. If the Undertaker walks work. through this wall right now, like, we got something, yep. you know? Yep. And as we all know, that is not what happened. And Fred Ottman chops his way through the wall, trips on the 2x4, and collapses to the ground. He's not dressed like any sort of... I, I read rumors, and I couldn't find any pictures of this, that there was a real outfit for the Shockmaster. And it was more of a lucha sort of situation. There was a mask covering his face. He's got thunderbolts on it. And See, that's is that, fine. Is that good? No. Probably not. But, but it's, it's it, 1993. Yeah. Sting has his own okay. little colorful thing going on. Like, it's fine, right? And again, there's a world in, all of, in which all of these decisions make sense. I see why he needs to have a mask on. Because if WWF superstar Fred Ottman, formerly known as Tugboat, just rolls up in Wasn't WC- he Typhoon also? He was. He was. Part of the, like, uh, natural disasters yes, and earthquakes. I was going to yeah. bring that up. That's the other thing. I get why you cover his mask, because it, it's a little weird if you just pretend it's not him. Like, that can be kind of a Bush League eh, thing. Yeah. So you put, okay, I get the decision. You put him in a mask. And I get the outlandish gimmick, you know, because, like you were saying, this is a man who wrestled as Tugboat. Yeah. And whatever your mental image is of a wrestler named Tugboat, you're right. <laughs> That's exactly, it is. He looks like a character from Popeye the Sailor Man. Like, yeah, He's got yeah, he the does. stripes on, he weighs, he's a real top-heavy guy, weighs like 400 pounds, and yeah, he was, you know, he was the heroic tugboat for a couple years, and then he turned heel and he became the villainous Typhoon. typhoon. And what do you do when you're a wrestler named Typhoon, if not team up with a man named Earthquake yeah. and call yourselves the Natural Disasters? Of course. That's beautiful. Like that's, natural. Oh, man. Disasters. That makes sense, though, you know? So, all right, we're going to bring him in. He's going to be this new outlandish character. The mask they chose to give him was not crafted by anyone at WCW. Was it not? I don't it think wasn't? so. It wasn't? Well, then what was it this mask? It wasn't an original. I'm glad you asked. I believe what they did is they went to the toy store. Okay. And they just grabbed the first thing they saw, which was a Stormtrooper mask. But that's a cool-looking mask. It is a cool-looking mask. No, you're right. But here's the thing. You know, that's a Lucasfilm property, and... You can't just have Star Wars characters running around on your World Championship Wrestling paper. Well, why not? Well, they, you know, they you had have, RoboCop. That's true. Which that's, is probably that's, a future episode. That's another episode entirely. And that was, more importantly, with the express written consent of RoboCop. <laughs> George Lucas okay. was not consulted okay. on this. And we know that because instead of having him wear the Stormtrooper helmet, they decided to spray paint it with glitter. So this is now what is very clearly an Imperial Stormtrooper painted completely with silver glitter. And again, very that's an iconic mask. Like, you know yeah. what it is, and you see it. You can tell. But he's not, he's not wearing it from top to bottom either. He has a glittery Stormtrooper helmet. He's got this vest sort of thing. I have a hard time describing it. I've, I've heard it described as a poncho. I don't think that's right either. To me, it looks like he was in wardrobe. He dug around in Ric Flair's wardrobe, and he found some brown fur and sort of wrapped it around his arms and shoulders like a boa constrictor. And then what do you wear with this ensemble if not a pair of blue jeans? Of course. That is 
that's the gimmick that they chose to go with. So already we've completely any any hope they had for this character in this angle is gone from day one. Like with the costume, like backstage, they, they ran this in rehearsals a few times. He smashes through the wall. Presumably, it works great. I don't know what happens after that because we don't live in that <laughs> that reality. In the reality we live in, uh, Fred Ottman claims that somebody nailed a two by four across the frame of the wall he was supposed to smash through without his knowledge. And because, again, wearing a Stormtrooper helmet spray-painted with glitter, he literally can't see a thing. He's standing behind the wall completely blind. Here's his cue. Here's the pyro. Goes for the classic double-arm axe-handle smash. Breaks through the wall. Trips over the 2x4. Falls flat on his face. (laughs) The helmet falls off, and you see his lovely little tugboat face just right there lying on his tummy on the set of a flare for the gold for about half a second and when i told mark we were going to do this as our next topic he immediately just started talking about rick flair's reaction it's the best which is rick flair has the best reaction of anyone on the show rick flair just says oh god but like over and over and over like he's watching his mother get killed oh god like that's the reaction that's the real story here and it kind of ties back to what I was saying about professional wrestling and the ability to improvise is how these people sell it. Um, oh, Sid they Vicious, sold it. <laughs> to his eternal credit, sells it like death. I don't know how he didn't bust out laughing. This is coming from a man who, if I'm not mistaken, once said the words, you're only half the man that I am, and I have half the brain that you do. <laughs> he said that out loud one time. So like, you would think cutting a strong yeah. promo is not what Sid Vicious does well. But as this guy charges through the wall, falls on his face, helmet falls off, he picks it up, puts it back on, because we're live, you know, this is in front of a live audience, you can't take this back, and starts to pantomime, not even cut a promo, but pantomime cutting a promo, Sid Vicious is sitting there, vein bulging at his neck, and he's saying, I I quote, I don't give a damn who you are, I don't care, and he just on and on, and it's not coherent, but, like, he really wants to kill this guy. Yeah, apparently. And he takes it completely seriously, and he's the only person who is, which you asked, you know, Sid Vicious or Scott Steiner, boy, he's taking it seriously, and I gotta give him props for that, because that cannot have been easy. No, no. So that, then, that's impressive all in and of itself. But, of course, this is all for the great wrestling tradition of setting up the next show, right? And who better to really, you know, deliver that go-home punch than this mysterious shockmaster with his strange garb and intimidating physique, right? But, but Harris, like, what happened after that? Oh, once he gives this beautiful sales pitch in a weird, gravelly no, voice... No, that's what I'm wondering. That's what, completely... what did he do? Did he talk? What happened? Oh, somebody talked. So, like I said, he bursts through the wall, puts his helmet back on, back on. So we've seen it's a person... If you're a big wrestling fan, you probably recognize Tugboat. You're like, oh, hey, that's Fred Ottman. And then he starts pantomiming and moving his arms. And then you hear someone else's voice give, honestly, not a great promo. And the worst, scratchiest, like, it sounds like (laughs) his throat is coming out of his face. And he says, and I quote, I have it in front of me. So you're the man who rules the world. They call me the Shockmaster. You've ruled the world long enough, Sid Vicious. Pause. Is that a thing that they said about Sid Vicious back then? I'm, I don't know. 
I that I that I don't know. They hadn't. I watched the whole show and they never mentioned anything about that. So I don't know if that's something he said, or if we're already just wrong. <laughs> Back to the Shockmaster. Get ready. Come on. You want a piece of me? You want a piece of me? Come and get me. Come after me, Stid. I'm ready, along with Davy Boy, Sting, and Dusty Rhodes. We'll see you at the fall brawl at the war games. Until then, and then he just laughs maniacally. And again, if for some reason you haven't watched the video, imagine that, but all of his motions are entirely out of sync with the words being said, because that wasn't him really saying. No, you know who it was? Who was it? Ole Anderson. Mic'd up, offstage, and look. Why? So, look, not only why do you have him cut that lengthy promo, why, why any of it? it be his voice? Why, if you're gonna, this is, this is, I read this in another article about this. They comparing him to Kane. Kane's got a mask on. Kane doesn't speak. Right. For months, if not years. And when he's there, it's a big deal. Yeah. You think about The Undertaker and when he first debuted and he's got the music. And then you've got commentary just selling it like death, you know, just when by the time he gets to the ring, like the Undertaker's over. And he, you know, his work well, is that much easier. He also came out from Ted DiBiase. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, yeah, That was yeah, a big yeah. push at Survivor Series. Yeah, that was his absolutely. first appearance. So. Yes. So he was, all, he was off hot. It's a big, you know, they treat him like a big deal. And it kind of goes back to what we were saying about Roman Reigns. Like, you don't make him do all the work in promoting himself, especially at mm-hmm. first. Yep. In this case, even if he had burst through that wall and not had the helmet fall off, I think this would have killed it. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't work. It doesn't sound good. No. It doesn't look good. It's, it's not well written. <laughs> There's nothing shocking about it. Well, yeah, it kind of was shocking. For all the wrong reasons, though. Like <laughs> the, name, the name assume, was accurate. Assume <laughs> the name Shockmaster was accurate. I, the only thing I could even think of to justify all of this is if it was actually all a work. But they can't... That, that was not their intention. And you know for a fact it wasn't their intention because this is actually, this is my favorite part of the story. Everyone knows that video if you're any kind of wrestling fan at all. It was fun doing this research getting to follow up on it because the next thing you have to do after a clo- you know a closer like that is go watch the war games. Right. I was watching it in the match before this, in the main event. It's Ric Flair. You know, I was telling you he had that fun other feud going on. Right. He's fighting ravishing Rick Rude for the title. And they fight for, I mean, it feels like 40, 45 minutes. It's a great match. It's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. It's real technical. You know, you Two see great Ric workers Flair working his arm the whole time, so Rick Rude can't hit his finisher on him. Like, it's it's mm-hmm. really well done. And I was watching all this thinking, man, we're, how are they going to handle this main event? Because <laughs> the Shockmaster just happened. And, again, this goes back to kind of what I was saying earlier. Wrestling is at its most fun when you're forced to improvise. And I didn't know this, but they immediately pivoted. I couldn't find any videos of these. Maybe you can find some. But they started airing vignettes right after that with the Shockmaster as this klutz. And again, I couldn't I couldn't find one to watch because when you type in the Shockmaster, all that comes up is <laughs> his debut. Right. But they started, they immediately made that part of his character. Because really? I guess, how can you not? Okay. I never knew okay. that. But, I didn't so know they're that not. Either. They're not, like, as stupid as we think they are when you see that and you're like, oh, man, wrestling in the early 90s was terrible. Like, everyone who was there knew that was the worst thing that could have possibly happened. Right. And they steer into it really well. So you get to this match, 
already the mask is gone. He's literally wearing jeans and like this white vest, and it's just him. Like it's just his face. It's tugboat, but they're still calling him the Shockmaster, <laughs> and he's just walking down to the ring with Sting, and Davy Boy, and Dustin Rhodes. You know who's real young and chiseled, and then there's just this guy. It's very, very bizarre, but the match itself, and this is the biggest surprise to me, is pretty good. Like, they play okay. it okay. pretty well, straight, and they have a good story. So what they Well, were I mean, there's all these people in this match. That's true. It should, you know, it still should be that's good. That's true. It's just, it's so funny to me to see how they have to recover. So what they try to do is, they have the Shockmaster say, well, I'm going in first, you know, I'm gonna, he's ready to roll, he's the hot new baby face. And as he's about to go in, Dustin Rhodes, when his back is turned, sneaks into the cage and locks it behind him. And now Dustin Rhodes, with his beat-up ribs, is locked in the war games with Vader. Oof. And already you're like, ooh, all right, all right. You know, That's and that, good. Oh, it works, though. You know, and he just gets railed on. I'm already nervous for him. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't good, you know? But it's smart strategy because yeah. he figures, well, I'll take the beating and let the Shockmaster come in hot at the end, you know? And he was just ready to get in there and fight, but, like, it works. Right. You know, and then... Uh, I believe Sid Vicious is the next one called in, and they're just tearing him up. Because, of course, they won the coin toss, believe it or not. Of course. And then Sting comes charging in, and, you know, he's heroically fighting them off. And then one member of Harlem Heat comes in, and they're, you know, regain the advantage. And it's this great back and forth. So, by the end, it's time for the which, shock Which master. one? Is it Booker T or the, uh... the... They were both in it. Oh, okay. So, oh, I don't remember which one came gotcha, in gotcha. in which order, but... Uh, yeah, okay. Booker T was one of them, which okay, was fun. Cool, that was the first, cool. that's the earliest work of his I'd ever seen. Oh, yeah. Harlem Heat was awesome. Oh, they were cool. So then at the very end, the Shockmaster comes in, and I'm already kind of thinking, okay, are they going to, like, this has been a good match. Like, I get what they're doing. Are they going to try to have him be this conquering champion? And the first thing he does, you know, he comes in, and there's two rings. And right. most of the action is going on in the ring farthest from him. So Tugboat, I'm going to keep calling him Tugboat because it, <laughs> it fits him so much better than the Shockmaster. They really should have stuck with that. Comes charging in, and he's hot. He's ready to go. And he hops through the first rope, and Jesse the Body Ventura, without skipping a beat, says, Oh, he didn't fall over! And he hops through the second rope, and he says, He made it again! And he starts losing his mind cheering oh, for this guy. Man. And that was when I realized, oh, okay, they knew what this was. And I didn't know about the vignettes at the time, but that's exactly what they had done. They turned him into this goofball, basically. The physical ability is still there, which is kind of funny. And I don't know what happened after this, but the match ends with him getting Booker T in a bear hug. And the ref says, oh, Booker T quit. Match is over. And Sting wins. You know, Sting oh, and his team wins. That's kind of a... And I don't know... Interesting finish. It was unclear, I think, intentionally, whether Booker T had actually quit... We got the we got the uh, the war game screw job. Yeah, naturally. <laughs> I think I think what happens is Booker T does tap. They call the match, and then you know, sniveling heel that he is, they all try to. He's like, "No, I didn't quit. I didn't quit." You know, and okay, that's okay. The that's show good. That's ends, good. That's good. But it's it's it is bizarre to me because the show ends with Sting, Davy Boy, Dustin, who is just dead at this point. Like they're basically <laughs> just carrying him out. It was a great match by him. And the Shockmaster, like, running, like, they win, and they're like, whoa, we did it! And they're just out. And they're up the <laughs> ramp, and they're done. They're like, hooray, we did it, you know? And they're doing the heel exit? They're talking, kind of, yeah. The, like, the not quite straight exit? up. And the show ends Weird. with Harlem Heat and Vader and Sid Vicious left standing in the cage, dumbfounded. Weird. And Sting is, I, not Sting, Sid is 
again, operating, you know, at the only level he knows, which is 11, <laughs> saying, we're still here! We're still... F- get, get back here! What is... I'm sick and tired of this crap! Like, it's... That's, it's that's his actual cra- voice, too. That's I, the way he sounded. <laughs> I can't look away from that man whenever he's on television. And I... Whenever I think of Sid Vicious, all I can think of is his leg breaking. Oh, man. That's like the only thing worst things I've ever seen. Well, see, this is all I can think of because in one of the dumbest wrestling moments of all time, like known as one of the dumbest wrestling moments of all time. Oh, yeah. He's been made fun of by everyone, including the WWE on WWE TV. DX did a sketch about him. He had a segment actually where he showed up on the Edge and Christian show when that was on the network. And he did basically a Daniel Tosh web redemption. Like, they set up a banner <laughs> for him to break through. So, he, you know, yeah. you learn to laugh about it. That's awesome. And I guess back then, honestly, it wasn't that bad because there wasn't, you know... Internet. Yeah. So only people who bought that pay-per-view actually right. got to right. see it. bought it on video. And right. again, I'm just really impressed with how they immediately pivoted. Yeah. That's, That's a impressive. part of the story I feel like not that many people know. And I, I didn't thought know it was really that. interesting yeah. to see him. And even as he's coming out... He's not wearing the helmet anymore. He's not wearing, like, the feather boa or whatever it was. (laughs) Heel commentary is already making jokes about him. They're making jokes about him throughout the match. And even though he wins, because he's this big, strong, hulking guy, and he comes in fresh and, like, gets the win, they're still, like, Jesse is in shock that he was able to get any sort of win. Like, they lean into the comedy immediately. And I don't know if, like it was ever going to be a good angle. I think in the long term, honestly, this happening might have been the best possible outcome. Yeah. Just because we're talking about it now. I mean, I didn't know about any of that. I mean, all I knew with the Shockmaster you know the entrance, was, right? was the entrance. And I didn't know, because like, I'd never seen the match. I, yeah. I didn't know any of that. So that's cool that they were actually able to make some sort of angle yeah. out of it. And were able to, like we were talking about earlier on the show, WWE being able to come up with something you know on the fly or change something like it seems like they did and seems like they did the best that they could yeah and that's the that's what i love about wrestling is it's happening every week the story is always going on and when something like that happens and they can catch it they can turn it into something really special that's what they do with daniel bryan and cm punk Mm -hmm. but that's also what they do with bless his heart fred Ottman when he trips (laughs) over a two by four and his mask falls off what is the first thing you do you can't say Hey, let's just do that take again. Yeah. You you blew it live on the air and you got to make it work, you know, however you make it work. And that's wrestling. You know? Mhm. No, awesome. I love I love it. That, that's one that's the that's arguably the best part about wrestling. Mm-hmm. The live aspect. Thank you Eric Bischoff <laughs> for live wrestling. Ooh. I mean, there was live wrestling cuz like this was a lot. I mean, pay-per-views were live. There was live stuff. Mm-hmm. And I know um I feel like WCW did live TBS stuff. Wasn't because Clash of Champions was live when they did that in eighty uh, like eighty eight. Yeah, going up so. against WrestleMania. I don't. You, sure it was live. you know your WCW history better than I do. I'm um, sure. But there there was live wrestling, but really when Nitro really started, and I think even maybe some early Raws might have been live. But but really Nitro mm-hmm. was the first one that yeah. was all live, all the time, they, every time, mm-hmm. always. And they that's the way they sold it. They were like, yeah. anything can happen here. Because it, it's it, live. Yeah, and it could. And now all of wrestling's live. Yeah. I mean, now, I mean, SmackDown was the last one. And yeah. SmackDown's live. It's in the freaking title. 
which I hate. <laughs> Why do we have to call it SmackDown Live? It's, it's just know. SmackDown. That's how you. Yeah, but know. it's been live for like two years. I now. think they'll pro- they'll probably drop it in another year or two. Uh, NXT is the only non-live WWE mm-hmm. programming And there right is now. something to be said for being able to, you know, like structure, tape a bunch of stuff early, because that allows them to do, I think that's one reason they have such good long-term storytelling. Yeah, that NXT. could be, because they were filming like four or five, you know, TVs right. in a row. Right, exactly. So you don't have to worry about people getting hurt or other stuff yeah. coming up. You can just kind of knock it all out. But at the end of the day, like that is... Like you said, that's why I watch wrestling because every week you're like, "All right, we're we're live and we're on." There's that theater yeah. to it, and when something happens, in... you don't want to miss it. Yeah, and it matters. Mm-hmm. You know, it's good stuff. Yeah, no, that was a that was a solid topic you had right there. Uh, yeah, no, I I liked it. I mean, because when you said you were gonna do that, I was like, okay, okay, and I that, feel that's like cool. There's some pressure going into it because you know, if you're listening to this and you're a wrestling fan, you already know what that is, right? Like everyone's seen that video, and it doesn't take long to watch, and it's it's a lot more well-known than, like, the gorilla. Right. It doesn't take place over the course of several weeks. It's, like, this one moment. But I liked being able to dig in and not only see, like, okay, what are they trying to do? Like, objectively, this booking makes strategic sense, like, beforehand, but also afterwards they were able to pivot it into something like, I don't, you know, it's not the best match of all time or anything, but it definitely works. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, anyway, so that that was a good topic, another good one. And uh, so that's going to be it for this episode of Behind the Gorilla. I'm Mark. I'm Harris. And we'll be back next week with my topic. Oh, boy. And it's going to be, because he doesn't know yet, so a little suspense here. But it's going to be, all right, this is the thing. We started it off with, I picked a really obscure thing, named the podcast almost kind of off of it, although it's really for grilled position. That's really what it's for. I thought it was after the gorilla. No, it's okay. behind the gorilla. Okay. Like, it doesn't matter. Let's not break the illusion. <laughs> but anyway, so I picked a really obscure thing mm-hmm. on purpose, being like, this is something different. Because this is part of the, what we're going to do, is go into these annals of wrestling history right. and pull this ridiculous stuff that's happened. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, this week, picked a little bit more well-known one. Well, we're going to pick, I'm going to pick an even more well-known one. Kind of breaking that a little bit, but it's just, this is one of the greatest, this is one of the worst thing that's ever happened in wrestling. Oh, I think I know what it is. And I just, we just had, I had to do it. When, when I was thinking about what to do, mm. I had to do it. So, so next week, it is going to be WCW champion, David Arquette. Mm. That's going to be the podcast mm. next week. So we want to thank you oh, for listening. no. Definitely make sure, tune in. You can subscribe on Google Play um, with Behind the Gorilla. And apparently it's working on Apple Podcasts. So I was able to download it. Uh, so search Behind the Gorilla. It's not on iTunes. Yeah, iTunes, iTunes I'm working on it right nobody, now. Nobody, if you have an iPhone, you have the podcast yeah. app. It's up. It's yeah. live. So Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and then also uh, on YouTube at, at uh, Behind the Gorilla Wrestling Podcast. So. That's where it is. You can also follow us on Twitter at behind underscore gorilla. Tweet us any comments, questions, anything you might want us to talk about. Send us other shows. You know, we're up for any of that. So anyway, that's finally it. And we'll see you guys next week.